Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. You are listening to a pleasure podcast. For more from our sex podcast collective, visit pleasurepodcasts.com. Hi, I'm Holly Randall, and welcome to my podcast, Holly Randall Unfiltered. This is a show about sex, the adult industry, and the people in it. I'm a 21-year veteran of this fascinating little industry, and as the eldest child of the trailblazing erotic photographer Suze Randall, you could say I grew up in it. So forget everything you think you know about porn, because this show is going to change your mind. My guests are some of the biggest names in the industry, and we unabashedly reveal the real behind-the-scenes stories. The funny, the inspiring, the tragic, and the bizarre. Everyone has an opinion about sex work, but few people actually listen to the sex workers. So sit back and prepare yourself for a podcast, which is honest, raw, and unfiltered. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Holly Randall Unfiltered. Happy New Year. This is the first episode of 2024, and I have a very special surprise for you guys. But first, of course, I want to give a shout out to Blue Chew for supporting this podcast. Blue Chew offers the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis for a fraction of the cost. Go to bluechew.com and use code Holly to try it for free. Um, Pay only $5 in shipping. Okay, so my guest today is the definition of a porn legend. She's won over 45 awards, including both XBiz and ABN Performer of the Year. She is an entrepreneur, a new mom, and somebody who really doesn't need any introduction, but I'm going to introduce her anyways, the one and only Riley Reed. Hi. Thank you for having me. What a beautiful introduction. I didn't know I had 45 awards. I was just thinking that because (laughs) I know that like we counted them. And it's funny because when you get introduced and somebody, you know, kind of builds you up and all these accolades, does it make you kind of reflect on, oh, yeah, I kind of have done a lot of stuff. There are definitely moments like that. There there are so many times where sometimes I feel like time will go by quickly Mm -hmm. and then I'll realize all of the little things that I've done in my life. And I'm like, oh, oh, it didn't go by that fast. I was like, it required so many steps for me to get to where I am. Yeah. yeah. I mean, how long have you been in the industry now? Uh, I started when I was 19 and I'm 32 now. So what's that math? Is that 13 years? Oh, girl, I'm in porn because I can't do math. <laughs> <laughs> so 29, 30, 31, 32. I think it was 13 years. It's a lot of years. It's a lot of years, people. <laughs> Going on 14 years. So. It's crazy, right? Yeah. It's 25 years for me, yeah. which wow. is like, I know, right? Yeah. And I'm like, am I that old? How did that no, happen? No, you're not. You just started young. I did start young. Twenty. Yeah. It was 20 for me. Okay, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, there's, there's so many questions that I have for you, but let's start off with um, – 
you know, the the big news that you have recently been crowned the champion of OnlyFans TV's cooking show. This yes. is fire. Um, as somebody who already has so many projects going on, what made you want to do this cooking show on top of everything else? Uh, well, the cooking show I thought would just be really fun. I've never had that kind of like reality show experience. And like, I felt like it was the closest to that kind of type of production. Like, no offense, OFTV, but some of the other ones aren't as high production. I would have to say when I watched it, like... The, it feels like such a high... It is it, a high quality production. The like, camera work, the yeah, editing. everything on set and like the whole... Like it was yeah. fucking so many fucking people on the crew and yeah. everything. It was like very 100 high. people. It was and a very high production. It was like super legit and everything. And so like watch just watching it and then being invited to it, I was like, oh, I would love to be a part of that because that's like something that it looks like they really... Really invested themselves into and mm-hmm. it looks like it's actually going to be like a challenge and a new a totally new and different experience for myself like I like to just experience different opportunities yeah and so that I thought would be really cool and really interesting and so when I did it it was crazy because I was like not expecting it to be as intense that it was and like I don't know I was like being dumb or whatever I thought it was like gonna be maybe a recipe or something you know like and then he just gives us ingredients and is like make crab cakes and I was like wait what like I don't know how to make crab cakes what do you mean and you have no access obviously to the you have no access no nothing and you're lucky that they give you the basic ingredients because like I saw it and I was like what the fuck is what are what am I supposed to do with this like yeah and so yeah it was how much cooking experience did you have before that? Like, do you cook a lot? I have, like, a fair amount of cooking experience. But, like, I mean, I'm not, like, cooking crab cakes. Like, that's yeah. not the type. I'm not, like, that kind of adventurous cooker or whatever. And, like, and I cooked a lot when I was vegan. And so, like, that's what taught me most of my cooking, actually, was because, like, you have to get kind of creative with your cooking when you're yeah. vegan. And so – that's where I learned, like, how to blanch vegetables and fucking shit like that. I never mm-hmm. heard of blanching vegetables because, mm-hmm. like, when you're just making, like, steak and potatoes, it's, like, it's more focus on your meats and whatnot. Yeah. And so when I was vegan, that's when I learned a lot of my cooking stuff. But I just am more of, I guess, like a red meat girl. I'm not mm-hmm. as much of a seafood person. I like seafood. I just don't cook it. Right. And so – being the first dish being like a crab cakes was really difficult but then it was like red meats and stuff which was pretty good and I was I could do like the chicken and I could do a steak um but then I lost like the the championship title against like season two winner so it's like I won season three but I lost the championship title so I don't I don't hold that belt this other guy came in and we had to make a ceviche and I didn't know that lime cooks your fish it's like yeah I oh no we were supposed to make tartare and I made ceviche because I put the lemon on the thing and so I was like I I fucked my whole self up like (laughs) I don't know anything about cooking seafood so I didn't win the championship but but I, I mean, season, I won season three. You've got a lot of awards under your belt. Yeah, I, I know. Like. I, Where I still, would you fit that on your shelf? I <laughs> I still won season three, so yeah. I got that award. But right. yeah, not not the champion. So what um, like what was the dish that you think won the competition for you? Can you point to one particular one? No, it's not. It's uh, you go in like um. 
I don't think it's not one dish. So you like it's kind of like a kind of like what like the UFC or like how you like you have these two against each other and these two against each other gotcha. and then this winner and this winner go against each other. And so like my first dish was crab cakes. I just happened to make it better than the other girl. Mm-hmm. And so I don't think it was one particular dish. Gotcha. It was just like I happened to be better than that person until I got to season two champion. Yeah. That motherfucker came in and swooped me out. Like <laughs> he was so good. And I saw his shit and I was like, he told me my food looked like a Lunchable. And I was <laughs> like, oh, my God, because he was right. It did. It was so bad. Like his, the final season winner, like he he or the the championship winner, like he deserves it. His was so beautiful. Yeah, like, mine is embarrassingly bad, and I think I was so intimidated intimidated by him as well. Yeah. Like he's like this big hunky so, New Zealand guy or okay. something. So wait, was the previous season not because it was all adult stars in your season? Was the previous season not adult? No, stars? it was as well. But it I was. think it's like OnlyFans stars as well. So right, okay. I, I forget his name. He's just right. like some hunky. Australian guy right. and he fucking swooped in and won. Who was the worst cooker? Like who seemed to be the most lost on your show? Who seemed to be the most lost? I gotta say like and I love Jenna Fox with all of my fucking heart but I, I saw some clips where she was just like you know like I don't know what I'm doing and I could see her getting like a little bit flustered with all of that yeah maybe she did get a little bit but i felt like she did pretty good on like her aioli because i think like on that one i didn't do my my aioli and i yeah i don't know i feel like it was just so intense and it was so (laughs) i don't know i i also felt like i was flustered like i think i blanched my fucking cabbage and the the chef was like no 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 don't do that and i was like you i don't know why do you have boiling water for no fucking reason like you're trying to throw us off (laughs) so they would provide like all of the um... they would provide certain things and like they would have sometimes pots of boiling water so you i assume you're like assume i was like oh okay i'm supposed to use the boiling water they were like faking you out yeah like sometimes he was faking us out sneaky yeah (laughs) um so you won the grand prize of twenty thousand dollars do you know how you're gonna spend it i put it in a savings account for my daughter all right that's smart i literally just started um a like college fund account for my daughter like just now i just gave Masha the paper oh hell yeah yeah oh that's good that's good because I don't There's know. There's all these like all extra benefits as well if you start paying her as like an employee with her chores and stuff. Yes. And, like, yeah. Yes. I talked to my accountant about that and he was like, probably need to wait until she's a little bit older because it's going to be oh. hard for you to say that she's working for you at three. Oh, okay. You know? Um, I guess it depends I don't know. On I showed you pictures of my daughter window cleaning. You know what? I mean, my... <laughs> you know? <laughs> when Violet has no money for college, I'm just going to tell her and be like, it's because you wouldn't clean your room. Okay? Yeah. I could have paid you as an employee, but you wouldn't clean your room, so now you got to go work at Taco Bell. Sorry. <laughs> there you go. It's your own fault. <laughs> so, um, I mean, obviously... You have, like, such a storied career. So let's go back to the beginning. Yeah. How did you get into the adult industry at 19? Oh, yeah. I'm sorry for everyone who's already heard the story because it's definitely, like, a broken record. I don't think – I honestly oh, don't think really? I've heard the story. You haven't heard the story. I don't think oh, so. Okay. okay, that's good. 
Um, so I actually started, well, I always say like first things first, like I grew up in South Florida. So mm-hmm. it's always like, to me, that's like a culture of like so much free sexuality. It's mm-hmm. like, it's hot. You're not wearing much clothes. It's hot at night. Like you're still not wearing much clothes. Mm-hmm. Like the, there's beaches, there's nude beaches, like the, the weather and the people are just so much freer with themselves. Yeah. So I feel like the culture is a little bit more, a little bit more sexually accepting yeah. in South Florida. And so I grew up with that around me. I grew up with this like free sexual being of myself. I was like having orgies in high school, things that I thought were normal, you wow. know, like I was just like super sexual or whatever. And so um, I was uh, going to school, like side note, like I just happened to be a sexual character. So mm-hmm. I feel like that's a part of like why I came into where I came. Mm-hmm. But um, I was going to college and my college was like pretty far from where I lived. I didn't want to do public transportation. So I was like, okay, I, I had totaled my car at the time. And so I was like, okay, I need to get more money so I can buy a new car. And at the time I had dated a guy who had taken me to strip, strip clubs. Mm-hmm. And I knew that they had um, – like competition nights where the if you won you can get like five hundred dollars or whatever and so I did a competition and I lost because it goes based off of applaud and some other girl brought like her friends with her and so like I know I was like that's like a cheat like you shouldn't yeah. be allowed to do that you bring your entourage yeah like that's bullshit. like not fair some of us bitches really needed that fucking money and we were working hard and I threw my I like the even when thinking about like what I wore to the strip club for my first dance was like just regular like target bra and underwear and like (laughs) I was like oh my god also like that's probably why I lost I was just like this obviously broke girl Mm -hmm. trying to get money um and so I lost but the I still needed money and the club was like well if you want to work the rest of the night you can and I was like okay so I worked the rest of the night and they offered that I could have a job there. So I, I kept working there. Um, but I, like, didn't know how to make money. I always call myself a dolphin, not a shark, because, like, I just didn't know how to get the guys mm-hmm. to pay me. And I'm such a social person that I would be, like, talking to them. And I felt like they would hustle me because they're like, oh, a stripper who works for free. Mm-hmm. You know, like, she's just hanging out with us. Yeah. And so – and as well as, like, I didn't have, like, the best luck with some of the girls where, like, uh, with, when I was, like, hanging out with some of the guys, the girls would be like, that's my class. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm sorry. Like, have him. Like, I'm not trying to have any troubles. Like, You didn't know I, about the I, strip club politics. I didn't know. I was so, like, naive and dumb. And, like, I'm, like I said, and the guys would take advantage of me because I was just, like, social. Mm-hmm. And so I decided, like – because, like, the most money I made one night was, like, 80 bucks. That's... Like, I was a horrible stripper. Yeah. I was so bad. And so I was like, I'm going to go back to, like, a regular minimum wage job because, like, I'm not good at stripping. And so um, one of the girls was like, oh, well, do you want to do uh, porn? Like, you can you can do, like, a you could be an extra and you'll make, like, 250 bucks. And I was like, that sounds good. Like, that's more than what I'm making now. Mm-hmm. I'm already, like, showing myself naked and mm-hmm. everything. And, like, at the time I was already, like, dancing in Miami, showing myself or mm-hmm. whatever in the clubs. I've been clubbing since I was, like, 15 and everything. So I was just, like, that kind of person. And so I was like, okay, like, I'll be an extra and everything. 
Um, but I will say on my first day uh, as an extra, they did try to get me to perform as the boy-girl um, performer. And I was like, no, I'm on my period. And they're like, oh, you could do this thing with a fucking makeup sponge. Oh, and I was God. like, you're psycho. Like, <laughs> okay, get out of here. And were so, you just using that as an excuse, though? Or were you really No, like- I mean, I did have my period. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know if I would have felt pressured into it. But mm. I was like, I'm definitely not sticking a fucking makeup stuff makeup sponge in my yeah. vagina because yeah, yeah. this was before I knew about porn right, so I right. was like merely supposed to be an extra and then I was like no way I'm not just doing that and so because I'm imagining I'd have to go to the hospital to get the makeup sponge out yeah, you yeah. Know? which like, has happened to um, some people oh my god really yeah oh god I mean, sorry, I'm bringing it all down. But, yeah, I mean, there's been a couple of girls that, like, you know, it just gets stuck up there or – Oh, God. And then, but that's pretty rare. I know of, like, one person that happened okay. too. I won't, I won't say it. Yeah, yeah, no, 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 don't say it. I'll but, like, later, I, 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 uh, I didn't even know that happened. Um, but so they – I just stayed an extra. Um, and I loved being on set, though, because I did in the VIP. So it was, like, 50 girls, and they let us drink and everything. And there was then the main performers. But we would, like, be drinking and dancing, and I made friends with some of the girls. And, like, uh, then I was watching – I remember my first scene was uh, with Jay. I wasn't performing, but I watched them. And now I know who they were. At the time, I had no idea who they were. Yeah. But it was Nikki Delano and Jay Mack – and I oh, watched wow. them. Yeah. And I, I I didn't know that Jay Mack was performing back then. I know Nikki Delano. Yeah. I, I don't know if they had like, because I think Nikki Delano hadn't been performing for that long. Yeah. And so I think that they were both fairly new, but I still had no idea. I only now know this after years. Yeah, of, yeah, yeah. Of course. You know, looking back. But um, seeing them have sex was so hot to me because also Jay Mack is like this big manly man Mm -hmm. I'm like hanging out with high school dudes or whatever and then um, Nikki Delano is just like you know she's had her tits and she had her ass and she's like this blonde bombshell with the big lips and it was just like I was like oh my god like this is like porn and it was so hot to me and I was an extra maybe like five more times and each time I would slowly do a little bit more where I was like okay now this time I'm gonna like flash my tits and like make out with a girl okay now this time I'm gonna like maybe play with the girl's like pussy or Mm -hmm. whatever and then like finally I was like okay like I feel confident and comfortable enough to be a performer because like even though I did try they tried to finesse me or whatever but I was like okay whatever I can like look past it or whatever Mm -hmm. because I know I know myself they couldn't they didn't force me they Mm -hmm. asked I said no and that was it and everything and so I didn't feel like I I know that porn and and it's to me it's any place can put pressure on you to do things that you don't want to do and it's not just limited to porn so it's limited to you being responsible for yourself and so I gave porn that uh, that opportunity and I learned through being on set that I liked how porn was run it to me it felt professional on the sets that I was on because I feel like I also wasn't like put in positions to shoot for like super shady companies mm-hmm. like I wasn't like in these casting couches mm-hmm. in my first environment so it was like it was pretty big productions because I was like on an, an extra with like 50 other girls and stuff right, like that right. and it was like in the VIP so it felt pretty like legit and everything yeah. like that and so I felt pretty confident wanting to put my foot into porn. And so then I reached out to Bang Bros and was like, I want to shoot like my own scene. Like, let's like, how do I do that? And everything like that. And so then it just kind of like made my way in and met uh, 
Type 9 Modeling was my first agency. Oh, God, yes, Kevin. I remember them. Um, yes. I think actually before them, it was this other lady. Oh, my God, it was this other lady. I totally forgot about her. Who was this lady? I don't even remember her name. She was this random lady, and she introduced me to Type 9 Modeling because type she didn't have uh, opportunities in California, and Type mm. 9 was like, we could get you to L.A. Yeah. And I was like, because they were like, you can't survive in Miami because you're like a white girl. They're like, only the Cuban girls can make a career here in Miami. Oh, like, like the La- Latina women mm-hmm. can like thrive in Miami, but yeah. they're like, you need to go to L.A. to if you want to do porn. And I was like, okay, that sounds fun. Like, mm-hmm. let's go. And... I went and started shooting, and that was, like, that was it. And that was it. And you felt, yeah. like, comfortable from the beginning? I, I did, actually. I, I did feel comfortable from the beginning. There was definitely, like, sketchy moments mm-hmm. here and there, and I definitely had, like, my own share of, like, weird experiences or, like, my own share of, like, doing things that I didn't want to do. But in the end, to me, it's, like, a job is a job, and, like, sometimes you got to fucking do shit that you don't want to do. And, like, I think about, like, my forefathers and, like, my great-great-great-great-grandmother, and it was, like, she probably did a lot of shit that she didn't want to fucking do. Yeah. And so sometimes you got to bite the bullet and suck a fucking yeah. dick that you don't want to suck, and it gets the fucking job done, you know? Like, that's just the reality of life. t-shirt? Sometimes you get to suck a dick that you don't want to suck it's just true but I guess the difference is too though is that it's online forever right like are there any scenes that are online that you're just like fuck no no I don't care yeah I I, I'm I'm way past that I'm way past the like scenes or the shitty photos or the whatever it's actually made me quite confident in myself Mm. because I'm like I look that bad for just like a millisecond that's captured online forever. But like, I don't look that bad 24-7. Yeah. It's just like one second that's captured forever or whatever. But like, I don't know. Like, I'm not really worried about like my content being online. I know it's there. I've come to terms with it. It's like, I've come to terms with death. If I die, I just die. Yeah. It's just the reality of it. Okay. See, like, that's something that I have a hard time coming to terms with. I can come to terms with a lot of other things. Death is a tough one for me. I think it's also for me is I feel like I've had quite adventurous life that I feel like if I died, then, like, what am I complaining about? True. But, like. There's so much more. There is, but we will never have it all, anyways. Like I, in my fantasy world, I would have the knowledge of everything. I would know how to build a microphone. Like I would know carpentry. I would know everything. But like, I know that's impossible. So it's like, what can I do? I'm only gonna know what I know. But don't you also like (laughs) this? This podcast is taking a dark turn. (laughs) But um, (laughs) like, do you ever worry about? Like, I think about non-existence. Like, how can you just not exist anymore? Like, all this... That sounds peaceful, I guess. (laughs) See, it's so interesting how people see it differently because I'm just like... How all this stimulus, all this everything. But like, think like, about life. And then like, forever, like, there's but nothing. Like, you look at how much anxiety it's causing you to think about. I know not having existence and how much peace you'd have if you didn't have existence. Because then you just have anxiety for all eternity. I like, know. I don't want anxiety for all eternity and being like, when is this over? But what if there's a what if there's a hell and it's just being I'm atheist. So. I am too. I am too. Though I will say, like, there have been times that in the back of my head, I'm like, "Fuck, man, what if I'm wrong?" <laughs> I mean, there's that, but I don't know. I don't. 
Yeah, I don't really believe that, but um, I I I just like to be present, and I don't yeah. ever want to like psych myself out because I'm like, oh, what about later? Mm-hmm. I better yeah. like check in with like whatever might be, and I'm like, yeah. but that's taking away from me being right here, right now. Yeah, like, do you have any kind of like faith or higher power or belief in? I just believe anything? in like frequency and like the universe. Like, mm-hmm. definitely everything's like connected and everything like that, and like I believe like we are connected and I don't think that people kind of even realize that. Like, I feel like I believe in like, like a telepath type thing where like, you know, like when you think of someone and then they fucking text you Mm -hmm. and I'm like, we're fucking connected. Like Mm -hmm. there's like weird shit like that, that I like believe in like frequency, I guess is what it is. Yeah. I definitely believe that what you put out there is what you get back. Right. You put out like good vibes, like people, want to be with you they want to give you like opportunities you put out negative vibes and I don't know sometimes I feel like that's tricky though because like sometimes I I feel like I put out negative vibes because like I'm like so insecure and so like so many times I like just hate myself Mm -hmm. and then I'm like but is that like really bad and then I'm like but I don't want to like fake love myself yeah (laughs) like I don't know like I don't know I'm like I feel like it is and like I feel like you don't want to always I feel like you almost want that negative self-hate because that will draw more love sometimes to an extent not that I'm saying you should hate yourself all the time but I guess it's like a humbling thing where it's like if I feel like you're always so yeah positive and you're always so like I don't know how to like well no okay so it's funny because when I think about a lot of these like existential things I actually think about things that guests on my podcast have told me like honestly this show has like enriched my life in a lot of ways because I've talked to so many people. And um, when I think about like sadness and depression um, and I think about how feeling your feelings is really important and that's something that I always struggled with, which which is why I was an alcoholic, right? I was like, I didn't want to feel those uncomfortable feelings. So like I'll just drink and then like they'll go away. But then of course they're there the next day. I think about Kiss of Sins and Kiss of Sins came on and she talked about how when she's sad, like she embraces it. She's like, I put on sad music. She's like, I feel it. Like I let myself cry. Like she's like, I like it was so interesting. She's like, I welcome it. Like I like it. And I remember at the time thinking like, how could you possibly enjoy being sad? But then like she's able to process those feelings and then like move through it you know and then like you, you know because we're all up and downs and i feel like the american culture is so bad at it because yeah. even if you just look at like if your spouse dies you have like four fucking days <laughs> to like grieve and then you have to go back to work or and things like that there's yeah. like what is it like a 12 day max type cap out or something like that like there's some like fucked up shit and all these like really bad rules when i think it comes to like grieving and sadness mm-hmm. and like i just feel like our culture does not teach us how to like be in the moment and it's like get get back to work get back to it you know and like so I feel like there's definitely like a huge problem with people being able to like understand their sadness probably why we have a therapy problem yeah you know (laughs) it's like so many people are seeking therapy now because they're like realizing oh I've been suppressing so much of my feelings for so long yeah like yeah when my dad died I definitely like Allow, I feel very grateful that I had had enough therapy, that it had enough program that I was able to like really allow myself to grieve and to process it. And I was a mess. Oh, I, yeah. Actually, I cried so much. I gave myself an eye infection in both eyes that permanently damaged my tear ducts. And now like I have to get stints put in my eyes because my eyes don't moisturize themselves properly at night. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. 
<laughs> I know, it's crazy, right? But like I let that happen. Like, and then I feel and then it was weird because then I felt guilty afterwards almost because I had like moved through the grief earlier than I thought I would. You know what I mean? Like I'd kind of processed it and moved and then I was like, wait, I shouldn't be okay yet. Like I should still be really, really yeah. sad. It was very confusing. Interesting. Yeah, but it's definitely um, a different experience. But it's something that we all go through, right? Yeah, and so, we all go through it so differently as yeah. well. Like, yeah. yeah. So um, <laughs> back to porn. <laughs> God. So humanize her. No, yeah. I'm just <laughs> You'd be like, man, how did okay. it, I, I chose the path. profession I chose. No, I mean, you know, I I, I love just happen these... to be slightly, you know, nope. aware. I'm not aloof. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I love these kinds of conversations. Definitely. I had Xander Corvus on, and we talked about like God and the meaning of life for like an hour. Oh, like yeah. we like barely talked about porn, and I I loved it. It's one of my favorite episodes. Um. So. I mean, you know what, actually, I feel like this ties into, like, what we were talking about, like, a sense of self. So have you ever had – did you ever have a moment where it really hit you, like, just how big of a star you've become? Like, how do you – do you recognize that? And then, like, how do you handle that? Um, I definitely – I don't feel it because I feel a lot of privacy at times. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't – I, I'm not, like, a big celebrity necessarily, like, in any means. Like, I'm not, like, a, I don't have paparazzis or anything like that. So I always feel very grateful that I have, like, my privacy and mm-hmm. I don't have any, like, crazy invasions or, like, mm-hmm. you know, weirdo stalker people. Um, but I feel, like, really grateful in a sense that, like, I don't know, like, I don't really feel like I'm like super famous, but there was definitely moments that I was like, whoa, like like uh, when workaholics mentioned my name, like, I don't know, it was like maybe like 2015. And I was like, they know who I am. Like there's like certain things that I I feel like I stay so humble for so long Mm -hmm. that I didn't even realize. Like I feel like almost like didn't even give myself full opportunities because I didn't realize that they were there Mm because I felt like I was, like, just in the porn world. And, like, even when I started porn, like, the only reason I started was because, like, I was, like, I'm going to be on page, like, 9 million and, like, no one's going to want me. Like, I was, Mm -hmm. like, they're not going to want – I small tits. I'm tiny, not voluptuous, like, a brown hair. I'm basic basic bitch or whatever. (laughs) Like, I never never thought anyone would really like me. So that's also why I started it. And so at no point was my goal to ever become, like, successful. Mm -hmm. Like, I only like just enjoyed being on set and I just wanted to like I wanted like I I think I in porn it's not that I was wanting to be successful in porn but I wanted like a good repertoire so like when I worked for companies I wanted people to like like me Mm -hmm. I wanted to be friendly and Mm -hmm. pleasant and like nice to be around because like I enjoyed being on set but I didn't really think about like the after being on set life and like the like the growth that I'm getting like online or whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't see that happening as well as like social media wasn't as big and Instagram hated us. So we're like getting deleted fucking left and right. So yeah. like it's hard to track that kind of notoriety as well. And like we were also so anti Pornhub at that time mm-hmm. as well because we we're like they're stealing from us. Mm-hmm. And so like 
you would you wouldn't be wanting to track yourself on there either. So I feel like I didn't realize I, I don't really know when I got famous and I don't know how and at what point and like whatever. Like sometimes I think it's like when I did like my Logan Paul stuff. But then I was like, but then I think like but but workaholics mentioned me before I was even on Logan Paul. So like when did it happen? I don't And you know. got on Logan Paul because you were famous, right? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's like I don't know when it happened or really how it happened, and but it, it somehow happened. Yeah. <laughs> and then I was just like, oh, I think I'm pretty popular, and and then I would get recognized in public a lot when I was younger, but confused with the modern family girl so like people would always think I don't know her fucking name but they would be like oh wow they're like I love your work and I'd be like oh thank you and then like and then later it's like modern family and I'm like oh no like now I seem like a crazy person because you think I'm pretending to be someone but I actually have like a totally different type of online work like I remember the last time I shot you was for twisties and we shot at that ballet studio with Alina Lopez oh yes yes and you came in and I think you were wearing like a bunny onesie or something like that. You were wearing like something Maybe very like onesie. something. Onesie. Yeah. 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 Monkey. <laughs> it was really cute. And I remember you walked in and there were these construction guys outside, like literally like drilling when you walked in. I remember them like kind of looking at you. And then I went back outside later to ask them when they were going to stop making so much fucking noise <laughs> yeah. so we could shoot the scene. And they were like, is that Riley Reed in there? And I was like, no. I'm like, I know she looks just like Riley. People confuse her all the time, but it's not Riley. <laughs> I wish it was Riley. I would love to shoot Riley. Because I honestly, like, I didn't want them to, like, hang yeah. around and, like, follow you afterwards. That's fair. You know what I mean? Well, that's crazy. They recognized me in a monkey onesie. I, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> like, you had no makeup on, nothing. You were in a monkey onesie. And they were just like, that's Riley Reed. <laughs> and I don't think they believed me when I told them that it wasn't. Yeah, probably not. I don't know. Like. But, yeah, I don't know how it happened. It just happened one day. And I was like, I'm all over the place. And people know who the fuck I am. And, like, yeah. people jerk off to me. And I have, like, crazy long lines at AVN. Like, that was super weird to me. Yeah. Like, yeah. That That's definitely a good indicator for sure. How do you stay – I mean, this feels like kind of a cheesy question. But how do you, like, stay humble? I don't – Like, I, how do you, like, stay yourself? Like, how do you stay grounded? I think um, – just, uh, I don't know. I don't think I'm that much of a narcissist. And I, I think because I still, like, don't love th certain things about myself mm -hmm. that it keeps me, like, you know, I keep myself insecure enough. To, <laughs> to <laughs> got to keep those insecurities going. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like, but I, I don't know. I just, like, I also like who I am. And I, I feel like the, I know that I'm different and I know that I've like obviously everyone is so different from who they were 10 years ago and like relationships change like everyone's relationships with their parents change from 10 years to the what they are now and everything so it's like you're always like evolving but I guess like my whole goal has always been like to grow better and deeper and to try to learn how to be just like a healthier person and like have a healthier mindset and to be more empathetic and have compassion and like I try to just have mindfulness I feel grateful because my father I think is pretty mindful mm -hmm. uh, of things and he's taught me this kind of mindfulness and so I feel like that has 
opened the doors to me allowing more opportunity and and I the people that I have been inside my life I feel like I I feel very grateful for the people who I did stumble across because they impacted me in I feel like positive ways mm-hmm. that kept me you know not wanting to you know grow a certain way but I I don't know I feel like I also just kind of stayed I'm a kind of an introvert um, I'm not I don't have like that many porn friends mm-hmm. I don't go out that much yeah and stuff so same like, I don't know I think that helps. well and you've expressed you've expressed like some vulnerability online and stuff like that so yeah. I think that that keeps you relatable yeah I think there's that yeah I don't have like the best support group my family's been like off and on throughout mm-hmm. my whole career and like dating has been super tough and friendships are hard so yeah. I feel like there's always been a part of me that's been vulnerable but I'm like I can't be I'm not awesome like yeah, I yeah, can't yeah, even yeah. keep a boyfriend <laughs> <laughs> hello it is Ryan and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day couldn't we just to make up for things like sitting in traffic doing the dishes counting your steps you know all the mundane stuff that is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime anywhere with daily bonuses that should brighten your day low. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. We all know Adam and Eve is the one-stop shop for everything sexy. And now, with my code HOLLY, you can get any one item for 50% off, plus 10 free gifts. And you'll even get free shipping. So spice up your sex life at AdamandEve.com, but only if you use code HOLLY. So in 2020, you recorded a very raw video talking about how porn has affected your life and relationships, especially with your family. How has your relationship with your family changed since you first got into porn? Uh, my relationship with my family, as I feel like many people's family, it, it changes a bit uh, once I started doing porn. Um, they were all at first like, you know, not loving it, which I feel I I can completely understand. Yeah. Like I can completely understand because my job choice it it does affect them. Yeah. You know, it, it it affects them in their day to day life if they happen to have like photos of me on their desk or things like that, and it, it definitely affected. And there was like early on in my career, I remember I had a cousin who didn't invite me to her wedding because I was porn star, right? Yeah. Read. And you know, things like that definitely like made me sad, but like. I can't deny them that. Like, yeah. there are certain things that I realize that there are – I carry a lot of weight, and they have to carry some of that weight as well. And that's definitely something that I feel like I've realized more as I've gotten older. And I think when I was younger, I was looking for a lot more support mm-hmm. and stuff like that, which I still think I – should have had and everything. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like, you know, my parents don't come from, like, the best upbringing. I found out that, like, I just recently found out that my mom was, like, kidnapped from her mom. Like, her dad kidnapped her oh, and, no. like, took her. She lived in, like, seven different states Jesus. when she, before she was five because wow. he was, like, running from a private investigator, like, in the 70s, you know? And it's, like, Shit. yeah. And, like, so it's, like, things like that that I hear about, like, now that I learn about, like, my parents, I was, like, oh, that's why you weren't the best parent. 
parents of it makes sense yeah you know? it's interesting when you get older and especially when you become a parent yeah, you after realize, having my daughter she yeah. changed me so my yeah. fucking wiring in my brain was like yeah. re-circuits and yeah. like I'm a whole different person after yeah. having her I mean it makes you realize that everybody's like just doing the best with the tools they were given and some yes. people weren't given tools yeah like at all oh not a, my parents grew up in like Carroll City Miami and so like if you know what that is you know 305 like you know Carroll City it's like it's not the best neighborhood and there's not the best information there you know you don't have people who have the most information available and accessible and so like they didn't know much and and my mom was raised by her grandparents so it wasn't like her parents so that's like even a a generation you know so like they had their own issues of being, you know, grandparents and of a different generation and everything like that. So it's like, I feel like there was a lot of, you know, misparenting and whatnot that happened Mm -hmm. in their lives that led to my, you know, childhoods that's not the best or whatever. And that led to us having kind of like, you know, those broken dynamic and whatnot. But as I've gotten older and then after having my daughter is like what really changed it because I didn't have like a relationship with, kind of either of my parents. I was a little bit more friendly with my dad, but not as much my mom. And I basically realized, like, if I had – if I, if my daughter hated me and was having a child and didn't tell me or include me or anything, I would be fucking distraught. Yeah. I would be so sad if Emma, like, just denied me any relationship with her and her child. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, okay, I can see where that would be really hurtful. So I'm not going to do that to you, mom, because I'm not going to be that malicious. And mm-hmm. like, you're not that fucking terrible. And so don't fuck it up. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, this relationship is over. <laughs> and so uh, we've maintained a pretty good relationship. And I've had to set some boundaries here and there yeah. within within it. But um, it's been a lot better. And it's been all focused on like family dynamic which has been really really great and so it's definitely made me want to like learn more about my family and my own traumas like like I don't remember a lot of my life like pre like I think before five and like I don't even it's like so spotty I have like like signature moments that define like certain ages but like I can't remember in between it and yeah 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 so it's it's pretty normal though I don't know. When I talk to certain people, I feel like, and especially my sister, like, remembers, like, everything. Like, mm. I remember stuff. That, I don't remember stuff that my sister, like, remembers very vividly. And we're only, like, 14 months apart. Right. And so, like, I think that there's a lot of, and, like, my sister also struggles a lot more. So I mm-hmm. feel like almost maybe her having that memory bank maybe put more trauma in my brain being like, swoop. Yeah. It was like, you're going to survive because we're just not even going to remember any yeah. of this. It's funny how your brain protects itself by like yeah. forgetting stuff. Yeah. I think, I think it did, but it makes now having a daughter makes me kind of want to like learn that stuff about myself to just make sure I don't do anything that's like fucking subconscious that I was yeah. like, Oh, because oh. yeah. I like I realized like my mom was kidnapped my mom kidnapped us and I was like I hope I don't fucking kidnap Emma one day <laughs> like I see this as like a reoccurring generational yeah. thing that has occurred in my life like yeah, I, don't want to break. I don't know if my great-grandmother was also kidnapped like <laughs> I don't fucking know <laughs> it's it's crazy and it's actually like I think about I think about that a lot now the tools that we have to oh, raise yeah. our children now like I've taken, you know, the toddler like online workshops and I've read the books and I've listened to the podcast. The tools that you have 
is only like suggested to you based off of like who you're around and whatnot because like the the tools that I'm using and when I talk to other moms they're like I've never even heard of this mm. and they're like what is this and I, I I don't know if it's just like what they're researching is different like their keywords are bringing up other things that my keywords are bringing up and so like I feel like sometimes like it's you, it is more accessible, but it's still not all there. Yeah. You know, like, like how come I know about this? Like, I'm probably, I always enunciate it wrong. Montessori, Montessori. No, Montessori. Uh, people, I think, say Montessori as well. No, they are wrong. Mon- I went to, I went to Montessori preschool. They oh, were you did? Wrong. Yes. Okay. Mon- Montessori. Montessori. Okay. Montessori. But like, she had never even heard of Montessori. And like, our daughters like are like the same age. She's in LA. Mm -hmm. She's also like an influencer. Like, there's so Mm -hmm. many things that I was like, how do you not know about this? Interesting. And so like, there's so much information that is accessible, but still people don't, aren't always given it. Yeah. You know, it's like, she didn't learn about it until I presented it to her. Right. You know, and so like, I feel like it's still still kind of hard to get that information to an extent. And there's also like, you know, different information. One of the things that I remember reading about was um, the timer situation, right? And there's like some people who swear by the timer, meaning like, okay, because the one thing that like toddlers hate is being like interrupted in the middle of doing something, right? They want, they don't like change. So you have to prepare them. So, you know, one person suggested, oh, set a timer. It'd be like, okay, Violet, you know, in three minutes, You can play with your dolls for three minutes and then we're going to take a bath, right? And set a timer for three minutes and then when the timer goes off. And there was one person who said, no, that's terrible. You know, I don't know. I forget exactly the reason why. And I didn't do it for a while because I thought that this woman's advice was right. And then finally, like, I couldn't get that bitch to get in the fucking bath. And so I set a timer. She fucking loves the timer. It's so weird. The timer goes off and she's like, okay, it's time. And she like turns it off and like she goes and does the thing that she wants to do. I'm like, how is this working? Yeah. Every kid is so child. Every child is so unique and everyone is so different. And like what, what works for one doesn't work for another and everything. And it's like, I remember I'm like, I love like Miss Rachel. And she was like, like, I'm going to make some toys, like, post your things that you would love. And I was like, I would love this, 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 this. And so many other parents were like, well, my child would hate that and yeah. blah, blah, blah. And I was like, well, like, post what you're, like, why do you have to, like, hate on me for saying what I think my, like, what my child would like? Like, yeah. I just know what my child would like. Like, that's yeah. just my child. Yeah. You know? Like, I don't know. It's just, like, it, it's really annoying and frustrating when people just are, like, constantly pushing their own parent stuff on God. you because and of, parents are because the of worst their own that. trauma. I know. Yeah, they're the worst. Yeah. Like, moms. Like, I remember um, looking at Lena's, like, uh, profile. Like, Lena, the mom, obviously. Yeah, yeah. I know you guys are good friends. And I remember there was something that she put up about Parker, and she was, like, giving her, like, feeding her what she was eating, and she was just giving her, like, but in smaller pieces, and there was just, like, people that were, like, you can't feed your child that, and Lena was, like, yeah, she, she likes this stuff, like, but I cut it into small, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Just, like, weird shit like that. It's, like, dude. Yeah. Like, she's. Like, you're right. I mean, every child is different. Yeah, every child is different. Everyone's teeth, like, my child, like, her teeth, her first teeth that came in were, like, her, her, like, canines. It wasn't these ones. It wasn't these ones. It was this one. She was, like, Like, a little vampire. Yeah, she looked like a little fucking vampire. I'm just, like, everyone is so different. Like, you can't, everyone's just different. It's not going to work for all. Yeah, this is true. So, um, speaking of different, you are married now. Yes. How did you meet your husband? Tell Tell us a little bit about him. So my husband is Pasha on Instagram. He's Pasha the Boss. Uh, he is a Red Bull athlete or parkour athlete, 
and he also does like stunt and movies and stuff but he's been doing parkour since he was like I don't know 14 or something like that um he's born Latvia um and he came here like shortly before COVID and that's kind of like when we met he kind of got trapped here because of Mm -hmm. COVID he couldn't leave the country and um uh, I saw him just on Instagram. I thought he was like this cute guy on Instagram. And at that point, I was just like wanting to like date boys and everything like that. I wasn't like seeing anyone seriously. And I hadn't been in a serious relationship in like actually quite a few years at that point. And I was like, okay, like I'm looking. I had, I went through like my fuck girl phase and everything like mm-hmm. that. And I was like, okay, like now I want to be like taken seriously. Mm-hmm. So like how can I like find someone to take me seriously? And so um, that was always really difficult. But I, I saw him on Instagram. I thought he was like super handsome. Mm-hmm. And I slid into his DMs. But like I waited for the opportunity because I was like – how can I slide into his DMs and not come across as fucking brightly read the porn yeah, star? Like, yeah. how can I come across as, like, Ashley? Yeah. And so he finally posted about a book that I had read, which is, like, the self-help book. What was it? Uh, the, the Subtle Art of Giving a Fuck. The Subtle Art mm-hmm. of Not Giving a Fuck, I think it is. Uh, I don't Probably know. Probably Not Giving a yeah, Fuck. Yeah, The Subtle like Art of Not Giving a Fuck, I think, is what the book was. Um and that's kind of was my way in because I was like, all right, like I'm going to like show you I read books. I'm like I'm somebody like I'm not just like this like sexual item that I like, portray myself on Instagram. Like I'm not just like I'm not just the photos on my wall feed. Yeah. You know, so like um, I wanted to hang out with him, but like by doing like a collab or whatever, because like I was like, I don't want to go on a date because like that implies romantic gestures. So like, let's just do a collab because that's kind of like doing a podcast. It's mm-hmm. like very kind of professional. It's not yeah. like romantic at all. Yeah. You know, and and it's a good way to get to know somebody. Yeah, it's a good way see to see if there's something there. Yeah. To catch their vibes without it being romantic. So I was like, OK, you're an influencer. I'm an influencer. Like, let's do like a, a weird collab. I was like, what are the worlds of like Red Bull athlete with porn stars? It's fucking yeah. crazy. Even though we drink so much Red Bull on set. Like, <laughs> they should sponsor me. Red Bull fucking sponsor me. <laughs> Dude, I remember literally when I was working for a company that I shall not name because I don't want to make them sound like assholes, but like their budget was so low that I had to like take Red Bulls out of the fucking cooler of drinks that I provided because like they wouldn't cover it and people were super bummed about it. And then yeah. finally I was like, fuck, I'm just going to throw Red Bulls back in there. Yeah, because people need the fucking Red Bulls on yeah. set. They're long days. Yeah, they are long days. And those Red Bulls help. Yeah. And like coffee just can't do the same thing that yeah. those Red Bulls do. Yeah. Like, and also coffee breath and all that stuff. I yeah. Mean, you're being intimate with another person. Yeah, exactly. It's so, not It's not yeah. sexy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I, I slid in his DMs. We did a collab. And at the collab... During our collab, we, like, instantly had chemistry. We were just, like, shooting little love hearts at each other. Like, while we're filming, at one point, he's, like, playing with my hair. Like, you could see it. And I was like, you didn't have to play with my hair. You just you just wanted to be playing with my hair. And so there was, like, just, like, this really cute intimacy that we had. And uh, we hung out a couple of times. And then we were basically inseparable ever since. And, and you um, doing what you do for a living was never, like, a problem? 
problem for him. It definitely, like, was, like, a little bit of a thing. You know, there's, like, the – there's I, I feel like sometimes it's, like, a drug. You know, like, when you first take it, you get that fucking, like, excitement and mm-hmm. everything. And so, like, you first get Riley Reed sliding into your DMs. You got this whole ego boost. And mm-hmm. you're like, yo, homies, look at my fucking DM. Yeah. Riley just slid in. Like, you know, and so I feel like there's, like – that bit that's like really like cool and everything and then there comes a moment of like where you start to take me more seriously or you you start to like humanize me and I'm starting to humanize myself and like I feel like that's always where it starts to get like a little troubling Mm -hmm. with with guys and one of my favorite things uh one of Pasha's friends it's like a really good friend of his um who I also love this guy Stas he told Pasha because Pasha's like I don't know what to do and um the guy was like, people are going to think you're stupid if you date her, and people are going to think you're stupid if you don't date her. So he's like, what kind of stupid do you want to be? That's and a good – I like that. I was like, Stoss! Yeah. Oh, you go, guy! Like, yeah. thank you! Like, thank you! And so – and his mom was actually really, like, supportive and everything like that. And so, like, I think that helped, like, when – because he has a really good relationship with his mom and his family. So, like – they were, like, really supportive and everything like that. And they didn't feel, like, closed-minded by me. And they were like, yeah, like, if, I, if they were like, if I if porn was here, I'd probably do it too. Like, they yeah. were just, like, so. That must have meant a lot. It was actually, like, his family being so supportive is, like, emotional for me. It's, yeah. like, it makes me so happy and it's, like, so different. Because that's the second hurdle, right? Like, if your boyfriend can get over it. Then what do you well, tell Because I dated family? so many guys where their families hated me. Yeah. I dated one guy where, like, his sister came into town and anytime – we would literally be, like, group texting, like, oh, let's go, like, hang out. Like, I'm going to come over. Like, let's go to dinner. And she'd be like, I'm going for a walk. Like, right when I arrived yeah. to go to dinner. And I was – like, she would just do everything in her power to, like, make it seem like she was cool but then be like, psych. Yeah. And I was, it was, like, really, really fucking hurtful. And, like, even, like, his father didn't even want to meet me and yeah. stuff like that. Like, I've had so many families that were just, like, so kind of repulsed by me. Yeah. And it was, like, it was not really great for me, yeah. you know? And, and especially coming from, like, my family that's had difficulty with me and loving me for who I am and everything like yeah. that. It's always, like – not super great to have like two families fucking being like fuck you and yeah so, um his family being really supportive like really meant a lot to me and like even like his country is supportive like latvia like loves that i'm with pasha like i'm like fuck yeah latvia like shout out to latvia yeah they're like a supportive country like they're super great like i don't know it's they also love pasha and like everything that he's done like for them and like with mm-hmm. them and how he's just brought notoriety to the country and everything. But I just felt very grateful that even his country was like supportive and there was like yeah. articles about us getting married and stuff like that. And I don't know, it was it was interesting. But um yeah, we just like we just vibe and it was definitely like a battle, but I think that he was like he saw who I was and mm-hmm. like valued that more and everything. And I think that there's probably a some sort of like ego boost to be like I'm the man that's stronger than all these other fucking pussy ass bitches yeah. who can't be with a girl like her yeah. like I feel like there's something really empowering about yeah. that as well like I mean I, there I mean I know I'm gonna get so many people arguing with me about this but you know the way that guys have such a hang up about the men that you've slept with before that any woman has slept with before like speaks volumes about their own insecurity like why does your body count matter if you're the one then you're the one like 
the people before, if anything, just yeah. gave you experience. I don't experience think it's even just that. I think that that's, it's also just like the day-to-day interactions of like people being fans of me and then yeah. like, you know, that's like, I drink after your wife. Yeah. You know, it's like, great. Like, so do I. Like, we sing in common. <laughs> yeah. So I feel Except like. Except she's there with me when I do it. <laughs> yeah. No. So I just feel like that there's definitely like moments that can be challenging to one's, you know, self-worth and things like that. Like yeah. I, I can see where it's a difficult position. And I, re- I realize that it does require a certain type of person and everything. Like I, I definitely sympathize for the guys who tried to date me. I'm mm-hmm. even just who I am plus being porn it's yeah. like I'm not the easiest person to date and yeah. so um I feel like it can be it can be challenging but I don't know a lot of times I, I feel like I have way more sympathy for the porn guys because I just feel like the, the people don't care about them like onset or offset because like even the even viewers watching it are like shut up like I'm yeah. trying to be that guy yep. and you're breathing and like yeah. you know and it's like there's just so many things. It's like he's the man is so objectified from being on set to being offset to his dating life to just like so many things that I was just I'm like, I feel so grateful that I have a vagina and I do porn because yeah. if I had a penis and I did porn, it would be a totally different ballpark. Even like just having a penis and not even being in porn, but shooting it is a problem. You know, like I have like friends who are just cameramen and, you know, work on set and have problems dating women because they're like, oh, oh yeah. you know, like you're around all of these porn stars. You're probably like having sex with them and they're flirting with you. Oh, you know, I like I see because I've never had that issue. I've literally like never had a guy who'd been like, I don't like you working on porn sets. It makes me uncomfortable. They're always like, oh, that's great. Yeah. You know, like, can I meet Riley Reed? You know, <laughs> yeah, like that kind yeah. of thing. Can I go on set? Yeah, yeah exactly. Which is always a no. Yeah. Um, but it's probably always asked. Yes, <laughs> it, it very often is. Actually, the one person, well. The one person who really didn't ever want to come to set was my husband. Oh, really? Yeah, and I, like, made him come to set when I was shooting DP Star once, and he was, like, not – he was, like, very uncomfortable. <laughs> I just, like, made him stop by. Also, Kieran was making fun of him, that, yeah. um, oh, which okay. was not helping. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, yeah, Kieran can be challenged sometimes. Yes. If you're not that kind of social butterfly boy. Yeah, he's yeah. a little bit His on energy, the shyer side. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Kieran's got a special energy. <laughs> yes, he does. A shout-out to fucking Kirsten, who is an angel for marrying that man and putting up with him her whole life like that woman is damn girl damn girl she's a first lady for sure what is your favorite thing about your husband Hmm. what is my favorite thing about him maybe his smile he has a beautiful smile i feel like his smile just like lights up the room like i don't know he's got like an infectious smile like i think that's if you're talking about physically, if you're talking about like personality, so we got physically. What about personality? Personality. What's my favorite thing about him? I feel like we just like we get along. Like we we just get along on like the same page like really well. I feel like our humor and things like that are just like I don't, I don't know. We we just like are on the same vibe i feel like when it comes to like that and i'm 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 pretty picky when it comes to my humor and i think i think i'm a pretty funny person most people wouldn't see it because you don't hang out with me but all my friends know i'm pretty funny and so like i i feel like pasha's pretty funny too and like 
we we get each other really well and even just like spending more time together he's gotten more of my humor and he kind of like mocks it a little bit and Mm -hmm. mimics it um because i feel like i've helped his english develop as well like Mm -hmm. like some of the first times we met he would be like do you ready instead of like are you ready Mm -hmm. and i was was like things like that i'm like what what was it he would be like uh he thought it was a it's a blessing in the skies instead of <laughs> it's a blessing in disguise. And I was like, so but sometimes moments like that, I was like, oh, you don't ever change. Yeah. Don't ever change. I'm like, it's don't so ever, good. Don't ever correct him on that. Oh, yeah. There's certain things that now I say blessing in, dis- in disguise because I'm like, it's a blessing in disguise. I mean, you know what? That like also It makes works. sense. It totally does. Works. I was like, I was like, you got a fair point there. <laughs> so uh, you became a mom last year. How has that changed your life? That's changed like so much of like who I am. And it's definitely like had a big career shift on me and it's made me want to like diversify myself in like a more entrepreneur, more like business sense and stuff. I want to be able to like showcase to my daughter that I am a woman of many hats. And like, I feel like I've always had this capability, but I'm just like the money's in the porn Mm -hmm. and everything like that. And so like, I've never like, put myself really out there and so I feel like now I've been wanting to like you know kind of dabble in that a little bit more but also when I like started Ash Agency it was actually pre my daughter and I I actually only started Ash Agency just to help my friends because I was like so fed up with all these like fucking shady ass stories of people getting like taken advantage of and I was like you know what like I need to, like, be able to, like, help these girls because otherwise, like, because the, sh- the the shitty thing was, is, like, you go with an agency and it's, like, they're going to make you. So let's say you're making, like, $1,000 a month. We're talking about OnlyFans. Yeah, we're talking about OnlyFans. that for people who may not know what it is. Okay. We're talking about OnlyFans. And so, like, this girl, she makes $1,000 every month on her OnlyFans. She can join with an agency who takes, like, 80% of her money, but... Now she's making like, – she was – now her profile is making like $10,000, but she's only keeping 2000 mm-hmm. It's more than her 1000 So it's like she's going to go with the agency even though right. they're taking a shit ton of her fucking money because she's still making more than she was when she wasn't with them. Right. So it was like that was what was really fucking pissing me off about the agencies is because they were taking – they were milking these girls for so much money even though that and, – and that was also um, – I'm like a business lady so like I had my own kind of team that I worked with who helped me run like I had my like employees they weren't a team they were like Mm -hmm. my fucking employees Mm -hmm. who I hired to help me like run my shit and so I knew what the breakdown costs were and so it would it basically to like have someone like running your stuff it it's operational costs are about like seven percent of what you're OnlyFans income would be mm-hmm. depending on what your income but what my income was at that time is about seven percent was of what it was a fair amount of like paying them and everything was mm-hmm. operation costs so when I see these agencies taking like 30 plus percent I was Which like is- operation costs are only seven fucking percent so like you know and for me 30% I was percent is common yeah that was like the common thing yeah. and so it was like really infuriating to me because I was like they shouldn't even like I feel like 10 percent was like that's like I wish it was like the highest it would go you mm-hmm. know because I know like you're still making like a three percent profit off of your seven percent operation costs mm-hmm. and so like 
that shit would just fucking piss me off. But I realize the company still wants to be able to make investments and they still want to be, have tools to grow and like developmental stuff. So you want a little bit more of a profit. So like for us, like my agency, we do like 15% is like 15 to 20. And I even fucking hate when it's 20%. Mm-hmm. And like you can hear it in my voice. It makes me mad. But sometimes we have to because those girls like will just be coming out of pocket. And like, but sometimes I'm like, let's go out of pocket. You yeah. know, like, yeah. but like it's not how you run a business. But like I just care so much about the industry and I care so much about these people getting what they're worth and like because I realize firsthand everything that you have to face being the person Mm -hmm. like the dating the bank accounts shutting you down people not doing business with you fucking what was it was like MailChimp won't fucking work with you like random fucking bullshit that you have to deal with that's not fair that it's like why is the guy who has his wife and family and is fine like why is he profiting so much you know when Mm -hmm. the girl is the one or the performer is the one who's struggling with just even her emotional life not even like her financial life but her emotional life yeah so it's like they should be the ones profiting especially financially for all the trauma and things that they have to endure because you don't realize the fucking shit that you do that you have to do and that you have to go through until you're in it you know some people watch these podcasts and are well informed but other people are not and they like they get into a bind and they need to do porn to get some fast money or whatever and then there's all this fucking shit that happens within it you know or you think that you could do OnlyFans you can make so much money and then like it's not that easy no you have to have like a following because OnlyFans itself is zero discoverability like within the platform yeah it's so bad for growth yeah within this platform is horrible so coming from somebody who is a veteran who is obviously very successful what is like maybe one piece of advice that you would get give to new girls coming into the industry? A lot of times I feel like I tell new girls to go on set because a lot of girls that are like the only fan girls have no experience how to run a set and like they don't even think about basic shit like water mm-hmm. like i've gone on so many of like these only fans trades and the girls don't even have fucking water yeah. and i'm like bitch you crazy <laughs> like you gotta have water yeah. you gotta have baby wipes you gotta have like and if you don't then washcloth or paper towels so i can like scrub myself and like there's just so many things that i feel like i learned etiquette and self-hygiene and i've learned etiquette with like people and like how to discuss like yes and no's and like things like that and like wardrobe or even like scene etiquette of like how's the light like how are we gonna like what was like blocking we're doing Mm -hmm. fucking blocking before sets and everything those who don't know blocking it's like you're like planning where you're gonna go for the shoot and what positions you're gonna do and like I feel like there's just so many people who just do OnlyFans and don't have any knowledge on how to actually run a production and yeah. run a set and make a mood board and create a call sheet and like they fucking send the call sheet like the night before yeah. with like the wardrobe and I'm like you expect me to have this tomorrow that you sent me at like nine o'clock you know it's like it's shit like that that's like it's too much that yeah. they, they just have zero experience like at least in porn and like you have somewhat of an idea of like what you're getting into and everything like that like you know your basics of like your wardrobe box and you know like the things like that but like with the OnlyFans girls I feel like they don't have that same you know checklist yeah no definitely yeah I whenever 
whenever people like want to hire me to do a shoot, which I don't do anymore. Um, cause you learned. <laughs> yeah. I'm just always like, I have to produce it. Cause like, if I don't come with the waters and the baby wipes and the douches and, yeah, and when you rely on everything. someone else, you realize that they can't yeah. fucking do it. And then you're like, is it, you're like, am I that smart? You're like, am I really that smart? Like, how hard is it to think of water? Yeah. I guess it's just like, you know, lacking the experience. Yes. That's exactly. And so a lot of times I think the OnlyFans girls should go into porn mm-hmm. because I feel like if you really want to do it, then like you'll learn how to set up lights. You'll learn you'll learn how to pose. Like you taught me something like crocodile hands. Like <laughs> I learned crocodile hands from you. It taught me. I was like, oh, yeah, you're right. I should be more dainty with my hands. Yeah, you know? hands are a big Because I thing came for me. in and I didn't know how to pose. Like I remember my first porn shoot. I have a photo like this. What was I doing? What was I doing? What is this? I'll have to show you the photo. It's horrible. If you were taking my photos, you would have never even allowed that photo. You would have been like, Riley, move your fucking arm. I deleted it out of the camera Yes. But it's online. It, Bang Bros posted it with my set of my very first scene. This. And it's like so many things like that where I was like, these girls, they want to make money. They want to be hot. They they feel cute. They feel sexy, but they don't know how to be sexy. Yeah. And so it's like being on set helps you. Like, like Greg Lansky taught me how to dress myself to an extent because he was like, he did the like uh, the reality kings and stuff. And he like, he dressed the girls fairly good. And then he started Vixen and he like made the girls look really cute and stuff. So it was like, he taught me certain things about myself and how to like style myself to be a pleasing to, you know, a certain type of demographic of porn connoisseurs. And mm-hmm. so it's like, there's so many things that I learned being on set that I would have never known otherwise. Yeah. Yeah. I know there's, it's, it's a lot. I mean, I always formative experience is the best place to learn. Yeah. Yeah. No, definitely. Um, so speaking of all these entrepreneurial things that you've done, um, you recently founded Clona AI, which connects fans with ethical AI chat, bots of their favorite porn stars. Um, where did your idea for this come up from and like, how's it going? It's going good. It's not my idea, so I cannot take credit. I'm just one of the co-founders. I kind of helped kind of gauge certain, like, limitations within it and um, what I want to do with it. But um, I have a really great tech team that I work with, and they've been, like, very they're, – they're just like a tech team. So, you know, they know what's going on in the world. And, uh, and technology is changing fast. Yeah, it's, crazy. it's changing so fast and everything. And so um, – They've been building Clona for quite a few months, if not longer. Uh, We've been working on this for quite some time. And um, it's been really interesting to, like, join into it because it's, like, I was at first pretty nervous, actually, because I was, like, what is this, like, AI clone, la, la, la. And, like, and you hear, like, I don't know. I feel like so many people have, like, fears about the AI. And, like, but then I start to think about things, like, uh, credit cards like how scary were credit cards at one point you were like you always had cash you were like I'm not having my money in this fucking thing well think about television I mean when television first came along in like what the 1950s I mean people were convinced it was the end of the world maybe it was but I mean you know what I mean like every time some big new technological advancement comes yeah. along it's always like it's always worst very case frightening yeah. but we adapt so fucking quickly yeah. and like I feel like that's what people really forget is that we adapt really fast and so I feel like that kind of helped me like 
have more ease as well as like I realize like there's so many things even just within myself like selfishly I'm like okay I'm 32 years old I'm not really shooting content anymore I'm trying to like kind of get out of it I have a daughter I might be getting pregnant again soon who fucking knows like so I need to start figuring out like what I'm going to do with my life and this kind of gives like Riley Reed this longevity of like you know there's you know, five years from now, there's another guy who turned fucking 18 who's going to discover me. And then he's going to be like, oh, she's fucking 38 now. And I'm not interested in her. Mm-hmm. But, oh, I could talk to like her 18 year old version of herself. That is like this AI. Who it's like it's forever Riley. And I feel like that it gives opportunities to cr- creators like myself to have this extra longevity of a career. Potentially, we don't know like what it's going to do and how it's going to go. But I feel like that there's like this extra security layer of what we've done for ourselves and like how much content we've put out in the world and everything it's like here's another way for me to like be able to monetize myself and the things that I've done with myself and to almost immortalize myself in in a way as well which I feel like is this really cool opportunity for a creator especially in my generation because I come like I come at the end of like mainstream porn to then OnlyFans, to now potentially AI. And so I feel like this, like, really, I feel like I'm almost getting, like, three generations of experience in such a short, in just, like, five years' time span. It's really been very interesting and very unique. And so, like, that's been a really cool opportunity that I was, like, I don't want to, like, miss this opportunity within myself to see how I can stay up with porn. Because also porn has been so great to me in my career that I don't want to feel, I don't want to feel like I've left porn behind and I don't want to feel left behind within porn. Like, I want to constantly be able to grow with it and for me to also be helping it grow. So, like... If it's growing into the AI space, like, I want to make sure that porn is brought along with it. I don't want us to get, like, you know, our likeness is just fucking used and abused and it's, like, you know, now these, like, new just fake people, you know? Like, people are still going to want this human connection. So people are going to be maybe a little interested in, like, fake Amanda, but they're going to probably be more interested in, like, real Riley that can kind of connect and they can almost even sometimes fact check it and be like, are you the AI Riley? Like, I know what you said. You're favorite color wise like is it really this because I mean this is so this is AI that you've trained yourself right so how did you train it Uh, so it was my my focus of training was a little bit different so like my team did some of like the personality training and like voice training and stuff like that on uh, past uh, podcasts and like sex videos and stuff like that my focal point was like trying to train her into like the guidelines and because like I'm I think I'm still kind of more focused in like guidelines Mm -hmm. as not as much personality as I should be a little bit more on the personality but I'm like I really want to make sure that like my AI doesn't say things that are going to be like triggering to people or that she can know how to like edit a conversation or change a conversation where it's like you know like like for example like I'm pro trans you Mm -hmm. know not every person in the world is pro-trans sadly I fucking wish they were but they're not Mm -hmm. and so like maybe this like anti-trans person is like talking to my AI chatbot and they say something not friendly Mm -hmm. so I'm like I'm like how can I have my AI be like I politely disagree and I'm very supportive of them but like let's change the subject into something that we can both like agree upon you know like how can I like teach my AI to have these like politically correct conversations that's also still kind of defending 
my beliefs because I don't want my AI to be ever to be like, yeah, fuck yeah, you're right. I don't like trans people. Like, yeah. that's not appropriate. That's not true to me, myself. And like, obviously my AI is going to say things that it, I may not actually love. Like, I don't like coffee, but maybe my AI is going to be like, I love a cup of coffee. That's a harmless lie. Yeah. You know, like, it's fine. But like, I don't want her lying about things that I think are genuinely true as well as, you know, because her whole thing is to be a companion to cater to mm-hmm. the user. So it's, to me, it's been an interesting battle of trying to figure out how to, you know, keep her true to myself and and my moral beliefs while also still catering to the user because yeah. she is supposed to be this fantasy-like character. Yeah. But she does emulate me. So I'm like, right. I need to find this, like, fine line. I think that's everyone's fear, too, is that, like, AI is just going to say things that they would never say, go down yeah, it, past, they would never go. Yeah, it, it will. That's what, Training it is a really tricky thing because – I I have to be really careful if, like, I'm editing her response that I don't edit it wrong because then she's going to fucking remember that. And I'm like, God damn it. That's a part of her personality now. Like, yeah. if I ever say something wrong. Yeah. So it's like I'm always, I was, like, on hyper alert when I'm, like, editing her stuff to make sure that I'm, like, spelling things thing and I'm saying things correctly and I'm not, like, you know, making her too chill or yeah. whatever. Yeah. Um, it's so interesting though. And it's like, you know, the technology just continues to improve as time goes by. So. Oh yeah. I'm excited to see like where we're at in like a year. Like our goal yeah. is to be like, you're, like webcamming. It's like kind of like old school, new schools, like mm-hmm. you're webcamming with AI Riley. Mm-hmm. So. So do they actually see your face? Not yet. We're hoping to have photo generation by February is our yeah. goal. And like, that's also like an interesting thing. Cause now I was like talking, cause they're like, Oh, we're going to have photos in February. I was like, okay, but like, what if some Someone asks to see like Riley Reed with like another woman. So like, okay, am I are you, are you gonna like choose like a different creator on our platform's arm or, or like woman, or are you gonna like just have like two Rileys and make my hair different colors? But then what if they want to see me like with a black girl? You can't fucking do like blackface on me. So cool. like, like I was like, you better fucking think about this before yeah. you just start doing photo generation. Yeah. I was like, there's a lot of like, so my head is so wrapped around guidelines yeah. and like what we're going to allow to do and how we're going to make things happen and how we're going to structureize it because like I want to make sure that we're doing things correctly and I want to make sure that we're doing things right and like I I do want her personality to be great but I'm like I care more about like making sure that we're not like harming anyone I was like like I my guys didn't know about uh sounding I was like have you guys heard of sounding no you haven't well you better go in there and not let our AI do sounding do you not know what sounding no is? can you tell from the look on my face sounding is when guys put stuff like in their urethra like in their pee hole like when you put a pencil have you never heard of this you've never heard of sounding guys who will do like this kind of masochistic you put something in your you I have heard, heard of it but... put your pinky in there uh yeah there's a I couple. have had someone yeah, so some guys are into... But I had not heard the term. Okay, so that term is sounding. So mm-hmm. it's like, it's a sexual thing that some people like, but I was like, well, I don't want my AI to be telling... Or if someone asks, oh, can you tell me to do sounding? I'm going to be like, sorry, no. Yeah. No, my AI will, AI will not encourage you to do these types of sexual acts, you know? Yeah, because they're dangerous. This, it's dangerous, exactly. Yeah. It's very dangerous. So there's certain things that I was like, that my tech team doesn't know because they're a fucking tech team. Yeah. You know, so yeah, it's yeah. like, there's certain things that I was like, wait, 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 before you do this, yeah. we need to do this. <laughs> it's crazy. There's so much to think of because, yeah, you're right. There's the tech and then there's the moral boundaries and then there's the trying to develop a personality that is like you. Yeah. You and know? that's a companion to every joe schmo and betsy yeah. johnson in the world yeah it's crazy it's crazy i mean 
Oh, it's a new world that we are living in, my friends. It is very interesting. Well, Riley, thank you so much for coming on. Thank it's you been for a pleasure to me. see you again. Yes, I know. It's been very long. It's been a long time. You know, I still have very fond memories of the gangbang that I shot for you. Oh! <laughs> One of the few that I ever did. I've, I've actually only done three, shot three gangbangs in my life. Oh. And it was for you, for Lisa Ann, and for Joanna Angel. Oh, wow. And every time the creator hired me to do it. And that's why, like, I enjoyed it because you guys were obviously into it. You chose the talent. You had all the control. There's so so much empowerment. That's always one of my favorite things to tell people is like writing the checks for the men after your gangbang is like, but like you feel so G in gangster. Yeah. Go home now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you can go home. Like, it feels so good. Yeah. I was like, that's such a feminist move. Yeah, like, yeah. Hi- hiring and doing your own, producing your own gangbang is, like, such an empowering move. Yeah, because it's, like, so often people, you know, see it as this kind of victimization of this unwilling participant, and she's being forced to do it, and all these guys are, like, you know, preying upon her, and the poor, like, innocent victim. And I'm like, that hasn't been my experience. No, it's definitely not. Like, definitely... I've had so many women come up to me and tell me that gangbangs are their favorite videos of yeah. me. Like, and yeah. I don't have that many of them, but they're like, I love the gangbangs. It's interesting because it's like you can look at it the way that I just described, which is what I think a lot of like people who are anti-porn tend to look at it. And then you can look at it as like I have all these men and they're paying attention to just Oh, me. yeah. You know what I mean? They it's are just, just worshipping Worshipping me. It's I'm like, like Cleopatra, baby. I know. Like, yeah. And it's just funny because some people see it as like, oh, they're victimizing her. And then it's like, well, actually – I was like, I'm victimizing all these men. You could flip it and, like, she's enjoying it. Yeah, she's enjoying it. And she wrote the check at the end of the fucking day. Yeah. And she was like, bye-bye. I get to sleep with my dog cuddled up at night. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Anyways, you should go. I'm sure you have it on your site or your OnlyFans. It was a Christmas one, actually. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it was the Christmas one. That's right. Oh, my God. I just remembered. Yeah, with the presents. I had the little red robe. Yes, yes. Oh, yeah. And then uh, the Steve. Tree. Did Steve... you do the one with Kimmy Granger's? Afterwards, no? yes. Yeah, that yes. was, was so cute. I yeah. love those pictures yeah. with her. Yeah, yeah, it was really great. And then, um, yeah, I just remember in the gangbang, Steve Holmes tied a little like bow around the base of his penis. <laughs> and I was like, there's no way that's going to stay on. And it fucking stayed on the entire scene. And I was like, wow. That's amazing. What a talented man. <laughs> he is a talented man. Is he still shooting? I think so. Is he? Wow. I think so. I don't know. Damn. Like I said, I haven't been on the set in like a year, so I don't know. Yeah, it's been a long time for me too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, in case people don't know, maybe it's simply because I know you've had your accounts deleted so many times. <laughs> can you let people know where they can find you online? Yes. Find me on Instagram, Let Riley Live, and on Twitter, Riley Reed X3. And um, yeah, find me. Just Google me. Yeah, just you'll find. <laughs> just Google me. Just Google her. You'll find a lot. And then you guys can, of course, find me at Holly Randall on Instagram and on Twitter. If you want to support this podcast and get access to the bonus Q and A that we're going to do, um, and other ones with other favorite guests, go to Patreon.com/slash Holly Randall Unfiltered. Happy New Year, everybody! Let's uh, hope that 2024 is going to be the best one yet. Have a good one, and I'll see you next week. Thank you so much for listening. Your support means the world to me. A great way to show your love is to rate and review my show. And an easy way to do that is to go to ratethispodcast.com slash HRU and you'll be directed to the various podcast apps your device supports and then led to where you can leave your review. 
And if you can afford to financially support this podcast, you can do so for as little as $5 a month at patreon.com Unfiltered. This is where you'll get access to the live streams of my interviews, bonus Q&As with my guests, access to my fine art photography and behind the scenes of my shoots, free memberships to my not safe for work website, hollyrandall.com, merchandise such as stickers, mugs, and hoodies, and so much more. You can watch the video versions of these podcasts at my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash hollyrandallunfiltered. Join us every Sunday evening for episode premieres where you can chat live with myself and other HRU fans as we watch the newest release together. You can also follow the show on Facebook, Snapchat, Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter. All of my social media links are at hollylinks.com. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.